1960, ITV executive Sidney Newman asked Brian Clemens to rework the Ian Hendry suspense show Police Surgeon into something called The Avengers. The programme lasted almost the entire decade of the 1960s and became integral in shaping the mod scene in England. Some of its stars, Honor Blackman, Diana Rigg and Patrick McNee, became icons of the spy movie culture that ran rampant through the middle part of that decade. These Avengers don't wear tights, they don't wield magic hammers or fancy shields, but the women are stunningly beautiful and squeezed into tight leather cat suits, so there is that. Join Thomas DJ, top professional, and Scott McGregor, talented amateur, as they journey through an England that didn't exist, but maybe should have, with umbrella, charm, and bowler. You know, that other Avengers podcast. Gentlemen, I'm Thomas DJ, top professional, and I'm Scott McGregor, um, talented amateur. Yes, and welcome to the first episode. This is something I promised the first episode of with Umbrella Charm and Bowler. This is something I promised many years ago. This is my favorite TV show of all time, and I promise that if I've ever got access to all the extant episodes. I would do uh, an index show, but I wanted to have someone with me who. Uh, uh, had newer eyes. Yes, and Scott. Thankfully, stepped up. Yes, I, I, I. You called my bluff. I, I somehow just blurted out in a uh, internet chat window that yeah, wow, that sounds cool. I could do that. I used to love the Avengers, and all of a sudden, I was on a podcast. So <laughs> that's how these things happen, I guess. Yeah. Well, of course. Now we have to always say, you know, the other Avengers. <laughs> Now that 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 name is much more, more uh, famous for another thing, but the, the, this was potentially the first Avengers I ever knew, really, because I, I, you know, I started watching it that young. Uh, it's some yeah. of my earliest TV memories, um, and it's a little fuzzy where my you know TV memories and and comic memories intertwine in the Venn diagram there. So I'm not sure which I discovered first, but. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm very interested in, in doing this with you, Tom. Yeah. Well, my parents were both big fans of uh, spy cult, of the, the spy culture craze of the, the mid-60s. Mm-hmm. And um, on WWR Channel 9 here in New York City, they Wait. used to show To Catch... Was it? I think it's called To Catch a Thief. It was Robert Wagner plays a thief who's... Um, Enlisted by the government to do spy stuff. Right, right. And that used to be on on, chan- on WWR Monday through Friday at six o'clock, and at seven o'clock was the Avengers. Um, of course, at that time it was just seasons four. Not even. I don't even think they did season four. It was the black and white M appeal season. Mm-hmm. I think it was seasons uh, five through seven, which is the two color. Diana Rigg seasons and the Tara, uh, Linda Thorson episodes. Um, but yeah, I imprinted on this show pretty pretty quickly, and um, I have loved this show all my life. There was a time when I was in college when WABC Channel Seven was showing it at three in the morning, so I set my alarm clock for three in the morning. Wow. 
watch yeah. the episode went back to bed. Yes. The days before DVR, folks, for you younger yep. among uh, among our audience. <laughs> yeah, they, there used to be there used to be a thing called a VCR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Shoot, um, I think I started watching this even before VCRs or before my family had one. Anyway. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about 1970. The, this yeah. is really early stuff. Um. I watched the new, the new Avengers. CBS broadcast it for two for about th- both of its two seasons late at night on on Fridays, uh, and hopefully we'll find those episodes before we finish the 162 that we have in front of us now. Um, so we're going to be here a while, people. <laughs> um. So yeah. So this this is it, it, it's fascinating because and I'm sure because we're going to talk somewhere down the line in this episode about the first episode one of the few which we only have a fragment of and it's one of the few first season episodes that exist yes and i'm already mad at you because i'm not sure you told me that going in and here i'm watching this and i'm like act one wait a minute okay i'm sure act two has gotta, gotta be around here somewhere and yeah <laughs> i didn't know that 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 was a that 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 uh, the first episode was a fragment. I thought it was the whole thing, but no, it, it turns out it's only a 15 minute fragment and it's all about, uh, it's all about David, Dr. David Keel, Ian Hendry's character and, uh, his, uh, fiance, who by the way was Mrs. Patrick. Nee. Oh, okay. Well, let me, uh, just to piggyback in on your history on the show. Um, mine was similar and my dad kind of, and I may have been watching it on W O U R two or whatever. Probably, I'm thinking either. Well, see, my my experience is we got a lot of you're down in the big New York City place, and yeah. I, I was way, 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 way up in uh, Watertown, New York, All right. um, many light years away from New York City. Uh, but we got a lot of your channels, and that's where I grew up on a lot of this TV. And of course, in my young mind, these were all like you know. This and Star Trek and UFO and Space nineteen ninety nine were all new shows to me, but they weren't. Well, they were <laughs> was 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 on syndication, so that was a that was a new show when it came out. Was it seventy two? I think I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, to to my young uh, sponge like mind, I just absorbed all these great sixty science fiction and and you know spy uh, TV shows. And my dad kind of turned me on to, to James Bond and everything, and I remember him being the one that I would watch the Avengers with. And, uh, again, I only ever saw probably the color Emma Peel episodes. Um, and they were piecemeal and I never knew, you know, what sequence I was watching them in or anything. Um, but I just loved it uh, for some reason. And I, I said, I, I think I swear I watched more like British TV growing up than I did American TV. Because we got a lot of it on uh, Canadian Channel, um, so okay. we were right on the border with Canada. So we were getting, I think I watched my Star Trek and my Monty Python and all that all on, right. on the Canadian channels. Um, so yeah, when you brought this up, it was like it sparked a little childhood flashbacks of mine, and um, I obviously haven't followed it like you have over the years, but I right. always enjoyed it, and it, it definitely shaped my 
my enjoyment of uh, again i don't remember whether i first saw a james bond film or maybe an avengers episode but i, I was always a big fan of the the british spy genre well yeah i mean uh, <laughs> abc would run those those james bond movies in perpetuity it mm -hmm. seemed oh yeah, uh, yeah every sunday night it seemed like there was a there was a new one on yeah um, i think it was wpix maybe that we used to get up there I don't know if that sounds familiar. Well, yeah, no, WPX Channel yeah. Eleven, yeah, down, down here, yeah. uh, still exists. It's now the uh, the CW outlet mm -hmm. here in New York City. Um, my favorite favorite memory of uh, WPIX, of course, is they ran the infamous Chiller Theater. Oh yes, oh yes, with the, with the six figured hand. Yeah, and, and, and million dollar movies, I believe too. Million dollar movie that was yeah. WWR. Yeah. Okay, okay, so we were getting that too. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they also ran WWR. Also had a, a horror movie show called Fright Night. Oh, I don't remember that. Well, there was WWW. There were, there were three independent uh, stations here in New York City when I was a kid. WNEW, which was Channel Five, mm -hmm. which is now the Fox affiliate. Uh, WWOR, which is owned by Fox, but they they're they're basically they're called My Network. Mm -hmm. And WPIX, which was uh, now is a CW affiliate. Yeah, and um, they were there was all sorts of stuff being shown. You know, a lot of a lot of the old cartoons. I I first discovered comics through watching the '67 Spider-Man and repeats on oh, channel. Oh yes! Like, oh, definitely. Yep. You know, uh, I first became. I mean, I I first discovered Batman through the. Yeah. That's the other thing. WPIX used to do. It was like five o'clock every yeah. Monday through Friday. They. Uh, they ran the the Batman series, and I think they ran like the Superman series, at like two thirty. From the fifties, yeah. If not for those but, stations, I would have grown up with like strictly just the fishing shows on our local NPR channel, and I, yeah, I, I probably would have had a very sad childhood. <laughs> well, luckily, luckily, we we had see it's different now. Now all of the older stuff is relegated to these kind of nostalgia channels, yeah, yeah, like Me TV and uh, Cozy TV and all. Um, it used to be. When a show stopped running on network, no matter – even if it was only on for like a year or, or, or two, it would go directly to a syndicate. Yeah. A yeah. To be syndicated and then we would see it. You know, that's – I'm sure you had some, a lot of the same memories oh, like yeah. Gilligan's Island and yeah. Yeah, the Brady Bunch, the Monkees. So – it's uh, but yes. So the Avenger, the Avengers was interesting because it it was um, when it came to America, it was through WABC. It was it was an ABC network show, mm -hmm. and uh, so it was kind of unusual being it replaced Honey West on the schedule. Honey West, that sounds Honey familiar. West, Honey West. Yeah, it is a really interesting kind of cool by Blake uh, Blake Edwards produced oh, okay. uh, private investigator show. Sorry, Anne Francis. Yeah, it's ringing has, a bell, but I, I can't place anything from it. Anne Francis. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 very good, and um, but I've always I've always thought that like 
his boyfriend Derek came up with the idea that uh, Kristen Bell should play Honey West if they ever do do a reboot. I could watch Kristen Bell play just about anything, so that would uh, be oh, okay yeah, with me. me. Too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, so, um, this was originally a show called Police Surgeon, as mentioned in our opening. Um, the show uh, didn't do all that well on London Weekend Television. Now, but they po- were... was it like similar to like a, a, a Quincy thing? Was it like a medical examiner type dude? or He was just a, a doctor who got into police stuff, I guess. Okay. Uh, they're all gone on now. That that one se- the one season it didn't do that well, but the uh, both the critics and the the, uh, the producers were rather high in Ian Hendry, who played that who played the title character. So they decided to rejigger the show. And Sidney Newman, who later goes on to be head of programming at BBC and ask uh, uh, ask some people to come up with this uh, science fiction show called Doctor Who. So is you may have heard of it, yeah. Yes, you may have heard of that that show. Um, he asked Brian Clemens to rework Police Surgeon, and he had a name for it, but nothing else. And the name was The Avengers. And so this is what they brought on Patrick McNee, who was an older gentleman at the time, the, from many leading men on television. Uh, he had a lot of experience. He was actually kind of like an unofficial producer on the show throughout its run. He's the only person who was in every season. And um, it's a very different show. He started out as the co as the co star, not not the top yeah. dog. Apparently, yeah. yeah, he had the also starring. Yeah, in in the the credits of the that, that those really primitive credits of that first season, yeah. that first episode. Oh boy, and, and those that style of credits carries over into the second season, mm-hmm. as as you'll see. Um, unfortunately, we only have fifteen minutes of this. The other. Two-thirds has gone to history because the BBC was in a habit of just reusing, instead of buying new tape, just taking older, you know, older shows, running them over the Gauss machine. Yeah. And uh, reusing the, the film for, new, reusing the, the tape for new shows. Um, th- this and the first three seasons is shot on video. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it looks it, of course. Yeah, it's got a very soap opera vibe to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's not much. There's not much for us to talk about. No, um, no, but uh, it was. Yeah, it was. It was surprising to me the first. Uh, the subject matter of the first one, you know, intrigued yeah. me. It's like just jump right in with a cocaine scandal, you know. This is what we're going to see as we as we go on this voyage, my friend. Yeah, this looks like to me watching this the fifteen minutes, and this is the first time I've ever seen it. It looks like a standard cop show, mm-hmm. and it takes and watching this show go from there to. A, a, a show where uh, Patrick McNee and Diana Rigg fight giant robots. Right, yeah, it just, just starts embracing its camp, like, 
Yeah. <laughs> and turning it up to 11. Mm-hmm. So the episode in question the, that we have the fragment of, it's called Hot Snow. It was directed by Don Lever, who directs, I think, most of the first season. Uh, written by Patrick Braun and Ray Rigby. And it's basically the setup for the show. It's it's actually the first part of a two-parter. This is the only two-parter in the history of the original run of the Avengers. Hmm. Um, and in this 15-minute segment, we are introduced to Dr. Keel and his fiance Peggy, and his partner, Dr. Treading, I think it is. Yes, Treading, Dr. Treading. And he... Dr. Keel and Peggy are going to get married, and uh, then there's this mysterious character who breaks in looking for something, for this package. Which either, the the doctor and the fiancé are either, like, the most unobservant people in the world, or this guy just has, like, a cloaking spell on him or something, because he's, like, the least stealthy (laughs) infiltrator in history, but... But apparently in 1961, all you had to do was stand behind your door. And right, and hold it, and hold it open so it doesn't <laughs> <Yes>. slam shut. <laughs> I just, I found myself cracking up at a couple things in this, but it's like... <laughs> well, this is, I, I, we, should, I, we should mention that at, uh, Peggy, gets, who gets killed at the end of this 50-minute yeah. segment, uh, was played by Catherine Woodville, who marries later this year later in 1961 she later goes on to marry uh patrick mcnee and becomes you know, mrs mcnee mm-hmm. um we don't learn much do we about you see just he enough seems for... like a good dork and he's very happy and yeah. we learn just enough about him and his and his fiance just so that when his fiance gets shot <laughs> it's very interesting how it's like well here's a here's the gun and here they are, and here's the gun again, and then she falls over. Yeah, no, no, no sound effects necessary. Apparently. She just falls <laughs> right over. Super silencer guns yeah. uh, that doesn't even go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond time. wishes he had a silencer like that, you know. <laughs> yes, and it's like the villains in this, in, which we're introduced to in in this uh, brief segment. Spicer, Charlie, and Johnson. They were good. They, 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 they they're, worked, they're, they're hardcore, though. They, they worked the tropes, uh, tropes well, you know, and, and it's... Yeah. And, yeah, they were they were good, because you, you rarely see... I, I think the standard, I you know, would be... You're, you're, they're leading us to expect that they're just going to off the uh, the bag man there that accidentally <laughs> left the cocaine with a doctor, and, and instead they, they picked the woman to take out, so... Because he, oh. he has other value to the organization. Yes, you don't it. usually see that. Minions are usually yeah. the ex, the expendable ones. <laughs> but um, it, it's basically the setup for, um, from what I understand, Steed is working undercover, and he's kind of, so there's a question in the first two episodes as to whether he's on the side of the angels or not, even though right. he says, I'm a, um, and Keel does get his revenge for Peggy's death, uh, and then is re- is called upon quite a bit by John by John Steed to help with other matters. Okay, and uh, we never learn, by the way, what the what his spy organization is called or what its nature is. That's what I think is funny. 
Um, we're going to meet. I think we're going to meet in, in the third, the, the third and final extant episode of the first season. I think we're going to meet one in ten, who is who is John Steed's boss. But that's as far as we go. We know nothing. Uh, Brian Clemens used to always say that uh, the Avengers worked for MI six and a half. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, but See, yeah, I like that. I love that, and a lot of people are all hung up on knowing too much. And I'm, I'm all about mystery and stuff like that. You should leave some things dangling. Yeah. And I, I think that when we get to the Avengers, as you and I first saw it, right, where it's pretty much a fairy tale. Uh, it's it's a whole lot different from this, which is like I said, it's like any other crime drama that I think. Well, we would see if we were watching television in 1961, which we both were not because we weren't born yet. Right. <laughs> I thought um, with what limited resources they had, they, they did well with the first 15 minutes. So the, the tension factor was there and, you know, the mystery factor. And, um, as I said, the, uh, the minion they used to infiltrate was a little laughable. I'm not sure if, if we ever got, I, I could not discern the reason that the guy brought the cocaine to the doctor's office. I, I don't know if they explained that to me or not, but, uh, I think, well, I mean, we might as well. I mean, I guess I can spoil it a little bit since yeah, we're yeah. never going to see this episode. This episode is gone for the ages. Yeah. Uh, it turns out Dr. Treading is somehow involved in th- this heroin smuggling uh-huh. thing. So, um, I, I, but we will, we will find out. They, Henry and and uh, McNee apparently worked very well together. Uh, we're going to look at the other two. I think the other two episodes are complete, I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I looked ahead to the next one that we're going to do, and it, it was 50 minutes long at least, so I'm assuming it's all there. Okay. So, um, and they apparently got along really well together. Uh, Clemens loved him. Clemens used him later on in the only film that he directed, Captain Cronus Vampire Hunter. Okay. When Henry was was down on his luck, Henry had an alcoholism problem, mm-hmm. and um, he left. He left after this season to uh, pursue film work. And he's been in, he was in a couple of things, but his alcoholism got him down, and. Uh, but, you know, he shows up in Captain Cronus. He shows up in an episode of the New Avengers playing a, a different character. Mm-hmm. So Clemens never – Clemens was very loyal to him and never quite, for, you know, forgot him. But and he seemed like – I mean, he had – in the 15 minutes I've seen of him, he's had, he had more personality than Dr. King does, who we're going to meet in season two. Mm-hmm. Because apparently – Scripts were written for season one, for season two, before Ian Hendry left. So instead of just scrapping those scripts, they just changed, went through it with with an eraser and and changed the name of the character and introduced Dr. Benjamin King in season two. He just shows up. And other scripts... Get to that because that's one of the major turning points of the show. Because that's when we get to we get to honor Blackman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my memory of the show at all is just very vague imagery. And I, I was going to ask you to spoil for me is is the Blowfield uh, 
clone that we see, Mr. Big there, who's stroking a dog instead of a cat. Um, is he an ongoing character in, in no, the series? Is it so that organization? Because he's in the first two. I think he's only in the first two episodes. Okay. In this story, because they get revenge of a very final kind. If I remember yeah. Oh, okay. Because because it felt like they were you know sowing the seeds of of you know like. Um, Spectre organization type thing there, but you know obvious uh, comparisons. As I there said. are not a lot of recurring characters <laughs> no. in, in the series. Uh, the Cybernauts appear twice, plus one time in the New Adventures. Um, there is a character called Gros- Grosky, I think. I'm trying to remember uh, a comedic character who is in one episode of season four and one episode of season six. And uh, then in season seven, the the Tara King season, we get uh, Mother, who is Steve's new boss. Okay. uh, And uh, his helpmate, who has no lines of dialogue. She's just this, like, Amazonian blonde woman. (laughs) Okay. Looking forward to that. (laughs) So, uh, well, season seven is kind of wacky. When you start bringing in Cybernauts, yeah, it gets a little wacky. Oh, well, Cybernauts started in season four. This is we we get like pastiches, but when we get to when we get to season seven in Tower King and Linda Thoris and God bless her is not as bad as people will tell you she is. But uh, those the scripts tend to be silly for their own good. There's mm-hmm. like one episode but that's that's a, a pastiche of the Maltese Falcon. Okay. There's another episode about milkmen using mind-controlling milk. <laughs> Why not? You know, <laughs> to mess with to mess with the spy network. Mm-hmm. There's another one with a guy. I mean, this is, this is where it goes. This is where uh, basically they had. Brian Clemens had no oversight, so right, he just yeah. did the wackiest things he could think of. There's some great episodes in there. There was one called "Look, Stop Me If I." Uh, you heard this one before, but there were these two fellas. That's the, name, the actual name of the, the, the episode. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's one of my favorite episodes. Don't get me wrong, but some of those, some of these episodes are dire. Well, that's what I always loved about the whole genre, and you know, James Bond and everything included yeah. is just the the cold war hyperbole and taking you know the spy game to every extreme you can think of and yeah so i mean that's not so far i mean we've got you know people mind control milk isn't that hard to believe we've got people saying that the fluoride in our water is for that now so yeah um, why not mind mind controlling milk it's just i mean there is just some some wacky wacky i i think that well we're, we're far away away from it, but see, I think season seven has a very bad reputation. It's not as bad as it has its reputation is, but that doesn't necessarily make it really good. Right. So, not much to talk about this time. We just wanted to put our face in and start this journey, put the first step forward. It brought me back, though, man. It was, it was good yeah. to watch that first one, and I'm, I'm definitely going to enjoy this, because it's... Because uh, back then, I mean, it, it puts me back in that, that kind of childhood mind, and 
and now you, we know all you know all movies today are all about the shared universes and everything and and when I used to watch these old British shows it always you know and even the old sci-fi shows it always felt like it, they were all inhabiting kind of the same world you know because you obviously had the same kind of TV filming styles and everything so everything kind of had a similar look nowadays you know you slap in you know the supercomputer filters and make your show look like whatever you want it to right and, exactly and, and it's the, unique there's yeah, but it just it's as we'll see. This is the first step. This is they're still trying to figure out what they're doing exactly. We got two more episodes that I, I think are complete of the mm-hmm. first season. I've never seen these before, so I'm really excited about this. And we'll do those over the next two months, and then we start season two and the uh, debut of Kathy Gale. You know who I, I love this story. They didn't have time to change the scripts, so they didn't bother. So basically, Kathy Gale was doing dialogue men for men. Okay. And that was one of the major. That's one thing that really changed the direction of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So it, we have a whole scale. We have we had it, we made up a whole list of things, but this really doesn't. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll get to the, the list of things that usually occur. Yeah, no, the only thing, uh, eccentrics and strangeness, and I'm still going to go with yeah. the, uh, the oversized infiltrator there. They had to <laughs> hold the prop door open, it, you know, <laughs> because it closes on its own, so he could still hide behind it, because, uh, yeah, the fiancé wouldn't notice that the door wasn't closing. <laughs> you can't see me. You no. can't see me. Because yeah. Rezzy didn't have his eyes closed. Like, I, my eyes are closed. You can't see me. <laughs> but he was—he was sufficiently intimidating. They, they had yeah. some good character actors doing those, and the Weasley kind of, yeah. you know, uh, upper management guy who's like, "Oh, the big boss isn't going to like this," you know. Oh yes, and I liked uh, Murray Melvin as Charlie, the the one who we thought was may have been somewhat mentally impaired. Mm, yeah. You know the the bag the the, the the footman yeah who made the mistake that they have to clean up now yeah and he has one of those like yeah Charlie yeah 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 <laughs> so well, he he must have proved his worth to the organization because they didn't they didn't whack the minion they did not whack the minion I'm no. sure there are plenty of minions that are going to be whacked in the yeah. future not this this Charlie gets to gets to stick around to, I assume, be killed by Steed and or Keel. Uh, yeah, so I was just, that. so what's upset me the most is that we didn't get to see any avenging in the in the first episode of Avengers. But. Right. Well, it, it's, this season is, it's, it's a very conventional show, and it's, I think we do not have the episode about the cargo of rotting fruit. <laughs> okay. Excellent. There was, there is an episode I think the next one we're getting, I'm not sure. It's season, it's, it's episode six. I think it might be Girl on a Trapeze, which is supposedly one of the better episodes of the first season. Okay. It will be, it will, we will continue on. We'll, we'll move forward. You'll see how this show becomes this wacky fairy tale in, a, in England that didn't quite exist. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think it's, you know, you say it's a very conventional TV show right now, but I think I'm craving kind of some of that right now i you know i got a little burned out on all the cw superhero shows and it's, it's yeah. good to just kind of go crawl back into some good old cold war yeah. silliness 
for a while. <laughs> I, 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 I'm beginning to get impatient with the Berlantiverse myself. So. Yeah, I, I, I could not keep with it for a while. It just got overload, and I, I watched things like Preacher and, and Legion, which is really, right. like, top-shelf stuff. It's like people are telling me I should watch. Yeah, it has has a, a Teen Titans fan. I should watch Titans, and I'm like, I don't know. After that, tra- that trailer with the fuck Batman. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I did. Although they do rely on the, uh, you know, hey, we can swear, so we should, yeah. you know, a little bit too much. But let's do that thing. And I, I, I'm dreading next year's uh, Doom Patrol series. Oh, I don't know. I don't know enough about Doom Patrol for it to. I you know, love spoil me on it, but so, um, but I the Doom Patrol episode they did in Titans was just bizarro and kind of great, and so I mean if it if it's to the spirit of the Doom Patrol at all, right. then I think you'd the like it. Doom Patrol was basically kind of weird X Men DCs. They were basically yeah. DCs Defenders. Okay, yeah. You know how like like in the seventies the the that Marvel Avengers would get like the cosmic spanning crazy threats. Yeah. And the Fantastic Four would be off exploring different worlds. And then the Defenders got things like elves with guns. Right. Yeah. Uh, aliens who were using uh, self help movements to brainwash the masses right. and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, the Doom Patrol. In its original role, it's very much like that. They got some, they got the weirder menaces mm-hmm. while the Justice League was off fighting Justice League stuff. Although most people, I think, remember from the New Patrols, of course, the Grant Morrison version, which was just very Dada and absurdist. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It, it was, but I, I loved the original as well. It's one of the few comic collections I still kept. Kept when I said goodbye to my comic collection. Mm-hmm. So. But yes, so this and this is you know it's episodic TV. It's going to be so it's, they're going to be done in one stories. They're none of this continuity, no no chase villains, none of that sh- stuff. Good. So it's, it, it, should <laughs> be, it should be fun. It should be done in one fun, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, next episode should be longer. <laughs> definitely, yeah, I'm definitely next, looking forward to got, it. We got 50 minutes uh, of, of stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and we'll get to meet Mr. Steed finally. So finally, yes. Like I said, I'm hoping this girl. I mean, let me check. I'm just gonna go into IMDb for a second to make sure that. I was just uh, looking at the the post page there, but it doesn't have the title yeah. to it. Let us see what what episode because episode six is the next one that is that exists. Season one. Oh, yeah, Girl on the Trapeze. Yeah. Girl on the Trapeze. This is supposedly a really good episode. Yeah. So I've never seen it, but we will find out for ourselves in a couple of weeks' time. It's got a clown, apparently, so I'm, hey. I'm intrigued already. Yeah. <laughs> so does Look Stop Me if you heard this one, but there were these two fellas. <laughs> All right. So, you so, never so go you wrong a, with a clown. Not only do you got a clown in that episode, you got John Cleese running the clown college. No way. Serious. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, John Cleese, John Cleese is, in that ep- is in that episode. This, this will note a lot of usual people 
show I'm sure. Up. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, uh, one of my other favorite episodes is from season six, which is the Diana Rigg episode called The Magnificent... Uh, it's a superlative seven, and it's noteworthy for the fact that the villain is played by Donald Sutherland. Nice. And this is one of those episodes where apparently, you know, it's like... And you can tell when those episodes come up. Every... It's like there are like usually two episodes in every season where, where it's primarily Mrs. Peel or Kathy Gale or whatever, and pri- one that's primarily John Steed. And that, that's because the other one was on vacation. Mm-hmm. So standing in for uh, Diana Rigg on that episode is Charlotte Rampling. Oh, nice. Okay. And Charlotte Rampling was a lovely young lady. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> so... Uh, um, played Hannah Wilde, who was a char- was a name of a character that they used when they did uh, uh, the theatrical play. And I think it was like seventy one. Mm-hmm. Yes, folks, there was an Avengers theatrical play that that ran on uh, ran on the East End for a couple of months. Yeah, that makes more sense to me than making Broadway plays out of Disney animated movies. So, <laughs> well, there you go. Well, they did that. <laughs> there, there is, and we'll, we'll get to some of these things. You know, as we get we get past the the original series, there was uh, a series of radio plays done for South African radio. Okay. Um, there was the American. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this because I'm dying to see this. There was an American adaptation called Escapade, in which um, Morgan Fairchild played the Emma Peel character. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that in one of our previous conversations. Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of stuff going going on. So, folks, stick with us. We promise lots of thrills and champagne. And, yes, we're not that far away from the first really good-looking woman in tight leather. <laughs> Kathy Gale, you know, Honor Blackman, <laughs> Not exactly my type, but he's an Mrs. Peel, uh, you know, most of my young life, I really, really wanted to be Mr. Peel. Oh, this is, this is, Diana Rigg was my first celebrity crush. She was yeah, my first definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Toss up between uh, her and Janice Rand over on the Enterprise, but she okay. was in the future, so I had no chance with her. <laughs> right. uh, oh, boy. So, so guys, um... I don't. I don't know if. If I guess Chris will set up like a a, a thing on the Two True Freaks website where people can write in. But uh, we'll we get can, to that one. Yeah, or you can send stuff uh, right to my email if you guys want to. Um, or unless you have one you want to plug. No, no. I have. A, I have okay. a. You know, I have an email I made up for all my my many podcasting adventures, um, and it almost never gets used. So I'm always happy to throw it out there. <laughs> But it's uh, cheapscottproductions at gmail.com. So, there you go. Okay, so guys, uh, until uh, until next episode, you know, long live the Empire. <laughs> God save the Queen. <laughs> Night. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S 
Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.